Are you ready for the most ridiculous internet sports show you have ever seen? Welcome to React, home of the most outrageous and hilarious videos the web has to offer. So join me, Rocky Theus, and my co-host, Raiders Pro Bowl defensive end, Max Crosby, as we invite your favorite athletes, celebrities, influencers, entertainers in for an episode of games, laughs, and of course, the funniest reactions to the wildest web clips out there. Catch Reacts on YouTube, and that is Reacts, R-E-A-X-X. Don't miss it. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. The Hockey PDO Cast is brought to you by Get Down BP, which brings people together with the goal of getting blood pressure down in a fun and interactive way. Regressing to the mean since 2015, it's the Hockey PDO Cast with your host, Dmitry Filipovich. Welcome to the Hockey PDO Cast. My name is Dmitry Filipovich, and sitting across from me is my buddy Dom. Dom L. Dom L. Dom. What's going on? Are you from Edmonton? or? <laughs> uh, no, I'm not. Um, but I am... I, I don't, I don't want to mess up your name, so I'm just going to go with Dom L for That's now. That's fair. That's... Uh, it's been the the moniker for me over on Edmonton Radio. They just call me Dom L from the Athletic, which is fine. I'll, yeah, I'll take it. Um, it's pronounced Lucician. Yes, for those who are wondering. But the thing is, is you know, um, I feel like for a while there, maybe we discussed this last time I had you on, but there was a, a bit of a battle between you and the other Dom for for Dom supremacy in, mm-hmm. in, in hockey Twitter. But I feel like the other Dom is going to be doing way bigger and better things than any of us. And probably, he's yeah, too busy, too busy to be, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I think he's like 16, 18, yes. 20. He's around that age. I, he's definitely not 16. That was a joke. I'm sorry, Dom. He's a pretty um, smart fellow though. I don't know what I was doing at that age, but it was not what he's doing. And he's, you know, actually studying stats. I'm almost positive. He'll surpass me. I'm having my moment in the sun right yeah. now, but yeah, one yeah. day he'll be like the he's, GM of he's the coming Leafs. for you. He's coming for you. He definitely is. Um, so we did the Western Conference um, sort of kind of look around. We bounced around, talked about all the teams and everything with Tyler Dello um, earlier in the week, and we're going to shift out east for this one. And we're going to refine the process because what I learned doing part one was uh, it's very easy to get sidetracked and uh, lose track of time. And especially true with Tyler. Yes, and we spent I think. 50 minutes or so in the Pacific Division and then we're like oh crap now we, <laughs> we actually have to get into the interesting stuff here but we're running out of time so we hastily went through the central and I don't want to do that this time so what we're gonna do is I'm gonna no, I promise I'm not texting right now I'm looking at my phone <laughs> I'm gonna set my timer oh, and we're man. gonna do four minutes on each team in the Eastern Conference uh, whether they deserve those four minutes of our time or not we're gonna give it to them and we're gonna oh, try no. to make some of them we're gonna really be like trying to kill time and scrambling for topics but um I feel like we'll, we'll be able to make work. Four minutes isn't that long. How do we spend four minutes on the Detroit Red Wings? Well, we don't have to worry about that yet because we're going to start with the Boston Bruins because okay. they, uh, we're doing the alphabetical order here. Okay. Um, so I've hit, this time. I've hit the timer. All right. We're good to go. Um, the Bruins. So do you think this is a fair comparison? I feel like when I was thinking about this, I feel like they're kind of like Calgary Flames East. 
That feels accurate. Yeah. From my perspective, mm. because I do get a lot of why is Calgary so high, why is Boston so high, so right. it feels good. Uh, they're very like top heavy, and they have some they have some good D now. That right. Charlie McAvoy has been pretty great this year, and I think a top four with him, Char for one more year, Krug and Brandon Carlo is pretty solid, and it's pushed a guy like Kevin Miller down the lineup, and mm. Adam McQuaid is injured too, so that's you know a positive, right? Uh, we, we don't we don't condone injuries but yeah we don't for, condone for, injuries for, obviously for but the performance as a performance team, wise yes. yes it is a but they have been dealing with a lot of injuries up front and it's been surprised they're still like, i think a top 10 coursey team despite that yeah. which is pretty good yeah i think top heavy is the right word for them which is why i use the, the flames comparison and you know i noticed um charlie mcavoy is actually leading the league in uh five on five ice time per game, is he which is pretty crazy considering that He's a 19-year-old who had zero NHL regular season games under his belt before this season. Yeah. Uh, so they're by obviously, you know, he played in the playoffs for them last year and looked really well doing so. Um, but they're really just kind of they're not they're definitely not dipping their toes in the water with him. It's like, all right, Charlie, we we need you to do everything, <laughs> everything. Yeah, I think he's facing top. Yeah. Well, he's well. playing with Chara, but I mean, yeah. I can't. I mean, I probably could look this up, but I feel like it's probably been at least what like a decade since Chara wasn't the one leading it's, them. I, I think it's definitely them two, and I think he's McAvoy's a positive Corsi Rail as well, which is tough to do yep. when you are the top guy and when the second pair is a guy like Krug as well. Right. So very impressive season for him. Um I think once they're really healthy, they can hopefully move Pasternak down to the second line with Krejci and then get those pairs going. They have right. Krejci, Pasternak, then Marshawn, Bergeron, and hopefully they got young guys like Bjork, DeBrusque, yeah. Heinen step up. I I think they could be a good team. I know some people are down on them for whatever reason. I'm going to do my fan power rankings probably today or tomorrow, and I just know Boston will be much lower than they should be. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, when they top load that, that first line and put Pasternak with Bergeron and Marchand, obviously that's probably not the most optimal way to use them just because mm-hmm. then it really leaves you kind of vulnerable when you're they're not on the ice. Um, but, man, I was looking, when those three guys are out there together, they're like a 70% shot <laughs> team or something. It's just absurd. It's like the other team just shouldn't it's, even bother even trying fair, to get the puck. Right? It's not going like to that, that first line is insane. Yes. Um, okay, so we have a minute here. Um Tuka Rask, that's the elephant in the room here because he is now 30 years old. Um, he has three years left on his deal after this one at $7 million a pop, which is pretty pricey. And the problem with that is that he's been getting worse every single season since 2013. You're talking to a very proud Tuka Rask fantasy owner in a keeper league. He's my keeper goalie. Well, when, when, did, when did you get him? I, got, I traded for him last year at the trade deadline because the Bruins had like the high Corsi, low PDO. I'm like, all right, they're going to turn around for the stretch drive. I'm going to have two grass. He's going to rattle off some wins. Mm. And he did do that while allowing like three goals a game. So that was not fun. Yeah, because I was going to say, if you you had him back in 2013-14, I'm sure you were loving life when he was like a 9.30 goalie. But uh, No, I got him at the the very wrong time, which is now. And apparently there's a goaltending controversy as well with is there? Who's, is, I mean, Kadoma was starting like I think he started like three games in a row, and now they're alternating a bit. I mean, it's, they're going to go to Rask eventually once yeah. he finds his game. But like the fact that they're not. Yes, I actually used to be a Kadoban fan like after his first run in Boston mm-hmm. and when he was in Carolina for a while. But it's that's been a few years since yeah. that point. Um, all right, we're here. We're four minutes. We're one one team in. Doing um, well, Buffalo Sabers. All right, this is going to be this is going to be one of those. It's going to be a. Uh, how do we talk about this for four minutes? Actually, you know what? I think there's plenty to talk about with this team because I hate 
both how many games I've watched of theirs this season mm-hmm. and myself for that fact. Why would you do that to yourself? It's I don't I don't I don't know what, like what's I don't know what's happening. I feel like every time I'm just like looking and their Buffalo Sabers are on my screen and it's always just a it's a miserable pathetic experience. Mm-hmm. Um, man, this team is wow. I thought they'd be better than this. I don't I mean, see is how it they're... humanly possible for them to be worse? <laughs> right? Like, uh, the thing I was writing today, which is, I was a little late for the PDO cast. Mm. We're just full You kept me waiting. You big time me. I, I did not big time you. I was just a little busy. I had all things right, to do. I was right. writing my monthly trends piece, and I highlight two teams that are hot, two teams that are cold. And yep. last month, Buffalo was a team that was cold. Mm. This month, Buffalo is a They've team that colder? is they're, they got <laughs> they're still trending down like they're a cliff. I think they're a team that they're a team that got my model has decided as the worst since like the preseason, like the one that's dropped the hardest. Yeah. And um, my editor, when I first started doing this at the Hockey News, he said when I first said this idea, he's like, "Yes, it's fine, just as long as you're not doing like the same teams over and over again." Yeah. And like. In this case, like it has to be like a special case, and Buffalo has just been that bad. They've been a special case. They're they are a very they're special. A, they're case. a special team. They're a special team. I mean, speaking of their special teams, uh, this is why I'm a broadcasting professional. By the way, that segue right there um, was really good. Wow, I'm impressed. They've played okay, so they've they've played 152 <laughs> minutes at five on four this year, uh-huh. with them being on the power, with them having the five guys and the other team having four. It's good that you're clarifying this because I know that it's bad. And it They're seem plus like one in goal <laughs> differential in 152 minutes of having one extra player on the ice. They scored one more goal than their opponents. They scored eight power play goals and they've given up seven. I get that, like it's a new coaching staff, but I don't know how you take last year's power play, which was like I think top five or yeah. something like that. You like. I know when they change coaches in Washington, I'm pretty sure the coach just says, do exactly what you did last year and they're fine. You could have done that with Buffalo. Um, they were tinkering a lot with it. They have. I think Eichel on one unit, O'Reilly on another. Um, the second unit looks like the first unit minus Eichel, and the first unit, like they're doing, I think it was Eichel, Reinhardt, Kane, Victor Antipin for some reason, and one of their other terrible yeah. defensemen. Right, right, right. So when you're a team like Buffalo, why would you use 3 4 2D for your power play setup when you only have one good defenseman? Yeah. Arguably. I- well, definitely on the power play. Mm-hmm. On the power play, yeah, he's definitely there. Used, yes. Um, yeah, it's. I feel like every time I also look, like Marco Scandella is playing like 26 minutes a night, and it's like, what, what is going on here? Um, what do you think is going through the heads the, the, of um, Phil Housley and Jason Botterill right now? I mean, you know, just a few short months ago, they're competing in the Stanley Cup final. Mm-hmm. They're, they're on the, the Predators and the Penguins, two of the best teams in the league. And I'm sure, you know, they expected that they probably wouldn't be back there this year, but I feel like they also, this is probably not what they signed up for. <laughs> I can't imagine, like, I just can't imagine the, like, I guess there's other factors involved, yeah. but just to say, I'm leaving the Pittsburgh Penguins or National Predators to right. go to Well, it's an Buffalo. opportunity. It's, a, it's an opportunity to. Money, yeah, yeah, of course. Definitely but, a higher position of promotion, but yeah. still, I mean, I feel like a better opportunity would have came up, especially if they stayed in those yes. franchises, right? Yeah, that's the tough thing about about the sport is that you know you, you kind of gotta be selective and pick your spots because mm-hmm. if this thing really goes off the rails, I mean, the both guys are young young enough and thought of highly enough that I'm sure this won't be like the last mm-hmm. opportunity they get. But it's a bit of a tough one. Um, ten seconds left here, mm-hmm. Jack Eichel. I just want to say when he gets crapped on by people, mm-hmm. I think fewer things would infuriate me more than hockey right now because people like you list like, oh man, this is how productive he's been, blah blah blah, this and that. Mm-hmm. 
he has zero secondary assists at five on five this year. He has fifteen primary points. It's basically all if they're scoring, it's because he either scored or directly mm. guided the puck into the net for someone else. He needs a lot of help. I feel a little bad for him because especially he has that McDavid. Yeah, always. Yeah, he's uh, it's tough. Um, okay. We went over four minutes on Buffalo there somehow. Can we go a little bit more over for like one second? Yeah. Do you remember Zemgus Gurinson's all-star? Yes. I was on the Zemgus train. <sighs> like, yeah, it's gone. That team was that bad. That Zem- the Zemgus train has gone off the rails. It's gone. He's he's not. I can't believe he was ever. He's definitely one of like, if you made, if down goes Brown, we'll make a list one yes. day of the worst all-stars. And he, he's definitely there just for his contrib- contribution, I guess, what about that John, year. John Scott. He, he's a legend yes it's he's true. top he's 10. the mvp he was an mvp it's true uh, also one of the nicest people i've ever met um okay carolina hurricanes interesting team yeah interesting team yeah um so i think the, the thing that's especially interesting is you know when you and i did the um preseason sort of projections and we were mm-hmm. uh laying out what, how we thought the standings would shake out um uh, we were both obviously high on carolina mm-hmm. um you know, justifiably so, based on the fact that their underlying numbers have been great for a few years now, and they have all this young talent that's coming together at the right time, and seems like a very smart, well-run organization. And once again, I feel like we're doing the same dance all over again. Where you know, five on five, very good team. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a lot to like. They're mm-hmm. fun to watch. I, I love the way they play. Um, you know, Bill Peters has them playing a, a fast style. Um, a lot of a lot of tempo, a lot of puck movement. Um, the results still haven't really been there, and it's yeah. weird because, like, their goalie performance has been better mm-hmm. than in the past. I mean, you know, five on five right now, they're nineteenth, and it's sort of like when you're talking about the Kings and their shooting percentage, where mm-hmm. as long as they're not like bottom three to yeah. five in the league, it's a step in the right direction. Um, mm-hmm. So what, like, why? I mean, other than the fact that hockey sometimes is weird and. The Metro Division is, yeah, a, a just a brutal, brutal place to play. Um, why haven't they had as many wins as their numbers suggest they should? It's always tough with Carolina because they're like there's a spectrum of I guess the whole shot attempt ratio spectrum of how much it works, and they're like at the extreme end where, yep. I mean, you look at they played twice against the Rangers I think this weekend and lost both those games it feels like carolina is the fancy stats team and the rangers are the complete opposite of them and right. then they took them they beat they won both games pretty handily and like it just it makes you think like is there something there's, there's obviously something we're missing because we don't know everything but right. like what is that how much are we missing from this equation because carolina keeps putting up these nice numbers and yeah not well, getting I mean, there it's gotten to the point it's been going on long enough that I mean, I don't want, <laughs> I don't want it, to, I don't want this to be taken uh, out of context and be, uh, you know, it's like not like a hot take, clickbait thing where it's mm-hmm. like shot quality versus shot quantity. But I don't know. Does it? Does the fact that the Hurricanes are a league leading fifty five percent shot share team pass the smell test to you? I mean, I think so. like I think I think they'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. Like there, there's still a bit of the season to go. Um, one of the things we did mention preseason was whether Scott Darling could take them to new heights and i mean their goaltending is up but a lot of that is cam ward who's yeah, been pretty which good weird, which is weird um and also another thing about my fans team is that scott darling is the other goalie so right. things are going not great yeah in it sounds fantasy like the land. team is uh 
is not not very good. Um, well, I am maybe it's just the goalies. It's just the goalies. Um, I'm currently second in points mm. and somehow four and four. So love love head to head. Head to head's a great time. Well, and I'm, I'm basically the Carolina Hurricanes of fantasy hockey. You apparently, know, well, you know what people love listening to this right now. People love when when, when people talk about their uh, fantasy teams. Oh yeah, so. for sure. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, all right, we got 30 seconds here left in the Hurricanes. Um, I don't know, like. What else, what else is there to say? I mean, I feel like their young yes. Finns need to. They're like they've been very good, but they need to be taken to like another level. I guess they yeah. still don't have that superstar player. I guess. Yeah, I mean, I'd say like you know, like a Sebastian Aho, for example, um, mm-hmm. has been. Last I checked, he was a bit snake bitten this year. Yeah, um, he'll be fine. Like he's obviously supremely talented. I mean, yeah, he's he's shooting seven percent this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, Terabinen has been good. He went. He rattled off that hot streak. Mm-hmm. You know, he's got to maintain that. It's a, yeah, it's a good team. It's a good team. They're really fun to watch. Um, even if things do get better for them this year, um, you know, mm-hmm. I'm not sure at this point if they can make a lot of noise in the Metro Division just based on. Mm-hmm. No, Hannafin has been really good this year. He has. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, they have. Man, they have. Uh, they have a good collection of talent. Um, all right, Columbus Blue Jackets. We're on the clock. Um, all right. I think this might be the most interesting team in the league to me. One um, of them, yeah. And you know what's really annoying? My editors don't want me to write that much about the Columbus Blue Jackets because, <laughs> uh, you know, they don't capture much attention of mm-hmm. the Canadian fan base. Yeah. Uh, fortunately for yourself, working at the Athletic, you have a mm-hmm. you have a go to spot too. I do. Um, I I last year I was the de facto Blue Jackets beat writer somehow because. They opened up that spot and they didn't really have anyone writing there yet. Right. And I think Myrtle connected the managing editor with me, and I just for some reason just started writing all these this Columbus Blue Jackets content, and it it led to one of the worst takes I've ever had. Mm. Worst, I, I actually it? it's actually amazing to witness this now because I wrote this um, after the expansion draft. Yep. I wrote that losing William Carlson, not a big deal. And his numbers last year just weren't impressive at all. He didn't get points. He didn't shoot the puck at all. He had like barely one shot per game. Um, He wasn't driving play. And this year he's doing the opposite of all those things. And it just is weird. So credit to the Vegas scouting staff for grabbing that one. Right. Ultimately, though, I mean, mean, you never want to just lose talented players like that and you can mm-hmm. never have too many of them but they haven't really mm-hmm. missed him too much i mean they haven't that's i, I was slightly correct about that yeah. but like i mean carlson's been so good that you well they're one of those teams that has just like when i look at their forward group there's just so many fascinating like just mm-hmm. chess pieces there that they can move around and it doesn't feel like they really need to be tied into you know they're like kind of the anti uh, Boston Bruins we were saying earlier mm-hmm. where it's like yeah. they can just move everything around and it doesn't really ultimately matter and the weird thing for me has been it's been such a kind of night and day situation from last season because even when they were winning all those games last year mm-hmm. it was you know we were kind of suspect of how good they really were and they were sort of more of a middle of the pack five on five team than anything mm-hmm. except for all, that one run where yeah. like they were their expected goals was right. like top five for like two months and yes. then it just went back to yes. normal but for the season as a whole it was yeah. definitely sort of middle of the pack and it was a lot of the fact that, especially early in the year, their power play was just clicking at an you know, insane rate, and it came back down to earth. And this year, they're, probably they're, they're, they're league worst. They're league it's worst so in expected and actual goals, which is bizarre. Mm-hmm. And they've been like a top three 5-on-5 five five team in pretty much every single category. So it's, 
I mean, I guess it's it's probably a more sustainable recipe for future success. And then obviously you factor in the fact that they probably have the best goalie in the league. And mm-hmm. uh, there's a lot to like about this team. Their power play should be a lot better when you have Zach Rowensky and Artemi Panarin it's, on it. Is, it's so weird that they added Artemi Panarin. Like, it's like Brendan Saad, for, as I think, is a great player. Yeah. But he's like a 5-on-5 five five guy, if anything. Mm-hmm. And Panarin is also a perfectly fine 5-on-5 five five player. But you figure, like, oh, man, he's going to be like mm-hmm. such a nice little addition on this power play. And it's just been bizarre yeah. how stagnant it's been. Artemi Panarin has been incredible at 5-on-5 five five this year. Yeah. You're talking about the, the whole chess piece scenario with columbus any line that has panarin on it like they had like i think there's like three lines where he has like a 60 percent shot share and they're like just different players i think right now he's with panarin uh it's panarin anderson and pierre-luc dubois which is right. like a, a weird it's a very columbus blue jackets it's a, it's a line. very columbus blue jackets <laughs> line and it's working yes. really well for everyone yeah um this is gonna be super random but mm-hmm. you know i think feel like listeners enjoy when we provide these just random anecdotes that they might not have paid attention to josh anderson this year has been one of my most pleasant surprises mm-hmm. um you know he was he was a pretty good player last year but he, he definitely kind of profiled more as sort of a third line type mm-hmm. um and then this summer there was a lot of kind of noise made about him like the blue jackets yeah. went out of the way to protect him in the expansion draft and then they had that kind of like nasty dispute about his contract and it looked like he might hold, hold out and then he missed the start of the year and then he comes in, and I was looking, and I mean, you'll appreciate this. He's 11th in, in game score per hour this year, yep. uh, sandwiched between Couturier and Goodrill, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, like, it's and it's weird because obviously they've bumped up the lineup, and he's been playing with better players, and he's been getting more opportunity, mm-hmm. but he's also taken advantage of it. And, I, and what I've noticed in particular is his individual shot rate has just gone through the roof. And yeah. it's, it's just, I guess hey kudos to him and the blue jackets mm-hmm. for believing in him because i didn't see this coming yeah it's the i wrote this exact thing in the i guess in the carlson piece about the expansion draft because i mean the blue jackets also paid a lot expansion to say stay away from these players yep. and i just i didn't see it because the line they're protecting carlson anderson like they weren't very good last year i think nope. when people we talking about columbus having the best fourth line in the league last year it was because their third line wasn't that good and the fourth line was perform much better i don't know why they wouldn't switch it and then right. this year it's completely opposite where all those guys have been unreal they've been unreal um all right we need to switch gears here because yep. we're running a bit long seth um, jones is also very good yeah just had to add seth that in jones there very good. yeah so is zach Wierenski. um the detroit red wings um oh. you know what we're gonna do like three minutes here because we somehow did five minutes on the sabers and i feel like eight minutes combined on the sabers and red wings is, is that good seems enough that seems very fair um especially after the red wings gave up 10 goals on saturday mm-hmm. um and it, it was it was actually kind of felt a bit bad because you're watching uh some of the press conferences after and like you can see the pain in henrik zetterberg and nicholas cronwell's faces and they were like legitimately embarrassed and i mean justifiably so whenever you go up 10 goals especially to a team that's been so <laughs> offensively starved as the canadians it's like oh this especially when the fourth line is doing the damage i think jacob delrose had a four-point night yeah yeah nicholas delorier is just running wild on you never want that yeah never uh that's a sentence i thought i would never really say um so what do we what do we say about this detroit team um you know they got out of the gates um winning more games than i would have expected and mm-hmm. then they did it last year too yeah i mean I, I, okay let's let's start with a positive um dylan larkin mm-hmm. has been very good this year yeah and which has been nice to see because he had you know 
the disparity between his first and second years in the league was just way off and everyone was buying into the sort of sophomore slump thing and whatever and he's obviously made changes to his game and and whatever he's done has worked because he's bounced back to that rookie season form Mm -hmm. other than that i mean i don't know especially this team's blue line i mean it's 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 bleak it's it's sabers-esque um they also have anthony mantha who is really good as well um that's two guys who make the future seem a little brighter in detroit but the rest of the lineup has just been i think it's remarkable david booth is playing for this team Hmm? I think it's remarkable that David Booth is playing for this team. I haven't even made a projection for David Booth yet. I he, had just a, put, he had a multi-goal game. Come on, man. I just haven't even bothered to put replacement <laughs> forward. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, so like, where do they go for the rest of the season? Because the problem I see here is that, I mean, it's what we've been talking about with this team where they kind of might just need to bite the bullet a little bit and mm-hmm. just ride this thing out. Because yeah. they don't like have any very obvious places they can go in terms of like dumping mm-hmm. contracts and, and and actually like getting assets back for them it's mm-hmm. a lot of like just wait for some of these contracts to expire and it's going to be an ugly couple of years it's going to be a very ugly couple of years um i guess mike green is an impending free agent and he should generate quite a bit of interest especially around the trade deadline yeah that's a so they could get something nice for him what's what's zetterberg's situation is he retiring a red wing or can he send him to like a well, new home well i think he's i think he already said that um he said in the summer i believe that he was gonna go play overseas mm-hmm. um, because he he has that like Marion Hosa type contract where mm-hmm. conveniently he'll stop playing when he's making one million dollars per season. Very convenient. <laughs> Imagine one million being like a pay cut for you. That's well, it is when you've been making like seven or eight for the past decade. Um, I would I would love to be pay cut to one million. <laughs> yeah, let me see. Uh, yeah, so he's making. Yeah, he's making seven million this season, and then he makes three point three five next year. And then oh he makes, wow! And then he makes one million for each of his last two seasons of his contract. So, what a, what a pity that three point three five million. You take that? I think I would if uh, Myrtle's listening. Um, but the thing with Zetterberg is, raise. the thing with Zetterberg is, you know, he's thirty seven and he's obviously not what he might have been in his prime, mm-hmm. but he's still like a super productive player. Like he probably is shouldn't he? be. I think this year he's dropped. Has he dropped off? off? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess I'm, I'm like more so thinking year. of last year. He was surprisingly effective, mm-hmm. especially with what was around him. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this year, I think, because I was looking earlier on the weekend, I think he's dropped off a bit. Right. I think he'd be fine if he was on a team where he was more of like a complimentary role as opposed to having to play 20-plus yeah. minutes and do everything. Yeah, yeah, very true. All right, we actually made it four minutes on the uh, on the Detroit Red Wings here. Um, let's take a quick break to hear from a sponsor and we'll uh, we'll pick this discussion back up on the other end of things anyone can develop high blood pressure fact 7.5 million canadians live with hypertension every day the mission of get down bp is to bring everyone together with the goal of getting blood pressure down in a fun and interactive way so join the community at getdownbp.ca to learn more because getting blood pressure down has never felt so good. A community-based initiative fueled by one of Canada's leading pharmaceutical research-based companies in collaboration with Hypertension Canada. Let's chat a little bit about SeatGeek, today's sponsor of the Hockeypedia cast. Buying tickets to sports and concerts can be complicated, but there's a better, simpler way to buy, and that's with SeatGeek. SeatGeek's the smartest, easiest way to get tickets to live events, because with their seamless mobile app, you can buy and sell tickets in just a couple taps. They'll scour all the sites for you, putting together the best values in an easy-to-read color-coded map so that you make sure you're putting your butt in the best seats at the best prices, fully guaranteed. 
There's really nothing quite like seeing your favorite player in the world do the one thing that he does better than anyone else in this world. Whether it's a Dan Girardi snow angel, a Chris Russell block shot, or even a Mark Borowiecki bone-crunching body check while the other team scores a goal anyways. Sign me up for all those things. And the best part is that if you sign up yourself, you'll get $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase just because you've listened to today's Hockeypedia cast. All you have to do to claim that reward is download the SeatGeek app, enter the promo code PDO, and they'll give you $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. Now, let's get back to the show. All right. The Florida Panthers. <laughs> Interesting. Thank dude. God Dale Talon's back. Thank God. Um, yeah. I mean, he did get them Evgeny Dadunov, so... Mm. You think, he, you think he was um he was hanging out in, in Russia watching the games and um and making all the phone calls and making it happen? I'm just gonna give him the benefit of the doubt mm. that he got one right. Right. Good for him. Yeah. I mean if you had Evgeny Danov and Jonathan Marchessault and yeah, Riley Smith, I think you'd be better off right now. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh I mean it's tough because I get that, you know, they might have had just a mandate from ownership to shed salary. Mm-hmm. The problem is... They did it in I, the pettiest way possible. Well, and they did it in a way, like, I just find it hard to believe that that was the best way to go about it. Mm-hmm. Like, they basically made it seem like Riley Smith was this uh, disastrous Pile sunk cost that yeah. you couldn't... That had no redeemable value, and it's like, well... Listen, even if you think Jonathan Marchessault is a really good player who's playing on a ridiculous contract right now for this season, um, it's the price you have to pay to get rid of a guy like Riley Smith. It's like, what? He's a productive middle six guy at worst. Mm-hmm. Like, at worst. And I mean, if you combine Marchessault and Smith together yeah. and average it out, I mean, you got pretty good value from both of them. So, yeah. I mean, I just, I just don't know what the point was because now they're stuck with disastrous depth that is dragging down this incredible core that they have. I mean, yeah. Barkov and Huberto are unreal players that probably don't get the credit they deserve for how they've right. played this season. Um, Ekblad, there was concern last year that he couldn't be a number one defenseman um, because he looked just kind of bad without Campbell, but I think yep. he's he stepped up a lot has, yep. this year. Um, and they have Trocek, who's been good in the past, but this year I think his 5-5 numbers are, yeah. have tanked a lot, yeah. but he doesn't have... Playing with, he's playing with like nobody's. Yeah. yeah, a lot of Jamie McGinn and uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it's um, it's tough. Um, I think it's hard to make an argument that they're better off now than they were mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. in the past, uh, despite what you might hear in the media. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know what are the, what else is there to say about this team. I mean, I thought Mike Matheson would be better, but he's like not like his contract value better but like he should be not as bad as he's been um that's been a big problem because i thought the d would be a bit more solid than it has and matheson hasn't been great this year pissick who we obviously love as analytics folks Mm. and he's i mean their first pair has been good. It's just the rest has struggled. Um, Alex Petrovic, who they had to protect. They just had to protect during the yeah, expansion draft. has been like a healthy scratch. has been a healthy scratch. So, weird team. Very strange. Could have been... 
competitive in a very weak Atlantic division, but instead they're part of the Atlantic problem. See, I'm, I'm feeling, I'm personally, I'm loving this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm relishing in it. And <laughs> I'm also, I'd like to point out, I told you so. Mm-hmm. In the preseason, we were, when we had the chat, I feel like you were higher on them and you were saying that, you know, oh, <laughs> Redeem Verbata is going to, you know, do a certain percentage of that. And Dad, now who, who has? And they've been very has, good. Yeah. I mean, he's out now, but he was amazing with that, mm-hmm. top, with that top line. Um, you know, you thought that at least they'd be able to present some percentage of what they were getting out the door, coming back in. And I mean, I didn't expect them to play Michael Haley as consistently as they've had. Yeah. Um, I think they're better than they've shown. I think their their shot rates are pretty good, like not like okay. Yeah, at least they give up a lot, mm-hmm. um, which isn't great. I thought Luongo would bounce back, and he he has. Yeah, but Rymer's regressed a, a bit. Really, yeah. um, like I don't, obviously, I don't think they're gonna make the playoffs, obviously, or anything. I don't even think it'll be a struggle to even hit ninety points. But I think, which is crazy, because that Atlantic division is so underwhelming and yeah. bad and. Like it's it's there for the taking, and they just can't. A team with Alex Barkov should be better than this. Yeah. Okay. Um, the Montreal Canadiens. Mm-hmm. I mean, listen, they're averaging ten goals per game over their last one games. <laughs> so, uh, I think the offensive concerns are in the rearview mirror. Yeah, they've got uh, super snipers like Jacob Delarose and Nicholas Delorier um, in the cut now. So. <laughs> They're they're back, folks. And Carey Price has been he's been he's been much better yes. lately, uh, which obviously changes things dramatically. For changes them. things a lot. They might be able to get back to where I expected them to be to start the season. I thought they'd be one of the better teams in the Atlantic, and they've been on a bit of a hot streak, so they might be able to still get there. Um, they're a weirdly built team because they have some decent skilled forwards and. A defense group that does not fit the mold for their no, identity. No, um, you know it helps that Schlemko is back now, and mm-hmm. it's kind of weird. Like the entire Brandon Davidson thing, thing was weird because even if you're skeptical of him for whatever reason, I feel like he's got utility as like a third pairing defenseman, mm-hmm. and it's just like especially the teams like buffalo and arizona mm-hmm. passed on him on waivers and he got back to edmonton was weird to me i don't think it's i don't think it's weird that arizona passed i think they have a pretty yeah, solid especially with chicken back now yeah. i guess i guess the buffalo, buffalo thing was inexcusable that, yeah i'm not sure what was going on there um especially since the, i i feel like most of their defenders are strong on the right side and davidson i think is a left-handed d if i'm mm. not mistaken i mean like how optimistic are we about this Canadians team? Because you know, obviously, early in the year, um, they were they were one of those teams that was mm-hmm. generating a lot of uh, a lot of buzz about shot quality and sort of how mm-hmm. you know why they weren't scoring and whether that was legit or not. And you know, they've obviously positively regressed quite a bit since then, as and, usual, as usual. And the fact that Carey Price is back now and looks like Carey Price once again mm-hmm. um, is huge. So. Like we just said with the Panthers in the Atlantic Division, I mean, I think there's a like, what's what's a reasonable argument to make in terms of like their standing in that division's hierarchy? Like, I think there's a case to be made that the third best team. I'm going with fourth because I like Boston. I guess yeah, but I don't think Boston's like head and shoulders better than them. I'd say. Um, especially with the goaltending difference, like I feel the goaltending difference is big, but I mean. 
Boston was outplaying teams with like an AHL lineup. So, I mean, I still think that Boston isn't getting the credit they deserve. Right. I think they'll be better once they're healthy. Um, I think the Habs will be better once they start regressing. Um, I think they're pretty close, but I still would give the nod to Boston. I wouldn't really think twice about it, really. I think twice about everything. <laughs> um, all right. Let's move on. Um, the New Jersey Devils. Oh, man. Why do you why, why do you say oh man? I feel like that, that, um, that doesn't New like Jersey a, you know, Devils like fans a negative connotation are vicious mm. because someone on this podcast, not named names, it might have been me, said they were the worst team at the start of the season. Yes, and they're Which not. You had reason to say mm-hmm. um, they're definitely not the worst team. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're obviously. I guess they're. You can make the argument they're closer to that than they are to what their record says they are right now. I yeah, I would say that for sure. But I didn't. I didn't expect whoever Jesper Brat is to mm. be Jesper Brat All Star. Right. right. He's. I mean, he's obviously come back down to earth. Since he's come back down to earth, but he's still like, like he's got pretty good numbers. Yeah, but I mean, he also didn't expect Brian Gibbons to be on a thirty-five goal pace. <laughs> sure didn't. Sure didn't. Um, I didn't expect Will Butcher to be this good um i didn't expect that like they don't even have call palmier yet right now and they're still doing like okay Mm. so it's just they're they're a strange team they're getting results somehow um well what okay this is what i will say though um and i remember we had this discussion in the preseason mm -hmm. with Corey schneider because your model was accounting quite heavily for what had happened the year prior Mm -hmm. and well or not quite heavily but it was basically treating it as if it was you know equally valuable as what he'd done in the past sort of more valuable yeah really because it was the most recent sample and you and i both raised the point where while that's Mm -hmm. true because that's how the model works Mm -hmm. it's quite conceivable that based on the fact that he'd got been like a 920 to 925 goalie for his entire career and he had this one blip in the radar he's over 30 now he's 920 yeah what a surprise that Corey schneider is back to being (laughs) Corey schneider Um, so that's huge, obviously, mm-hmm. because if you're, I imagine that if your model had projected him to be a 920 goalie once yeah. again, they probably wouldn't be the worst in the league because that's just how mm-hmm. results work. Um, I mean, listen, they're they're playing a much more exciting style. Um, mm-hmm. They have like Taylor Hall has been remarkable. Uh, Nico Hishier has been great, and I was actually having this discussion with someone um, the other day about his year and and the Calder race and you know Besser's obviously getting a ton of the attention now because he's scoring like four goals a game mm-hmm. um and you know Clayton Keller got all the buzz early in the year mm-hmm. um and obviously Matt Barzell has mm-hmm. been picking up quite a bit of steam and his year I feel like he's gonna he's gonna have a tough time cracking into that top three mm-hmm. um because I can't really see him getting the counting stats yeah with those guys but I feel like he's gonna be one of those guys that for the next handful of years people like you and i are gonna love because he basically i mean he draws a ton of penalties he creates a ton of chances and he's like a five on five wizard so but uh what are your calder i guess rankings right now on the subject i mean you'd have matt barzal has to be number one right yeah for sure like just i mean obviously how productive he's been and just like just thinking about this on a macro level like just how much (laughs) his presence and evolution has changed the Islanders season as a mm-hmm. whole. Their power play is good now. Yeah. Apparently. And um, now they have like two legit scoring lines and all mm-hmm. of a sudden, you know, you can't load up on Tavares. I mean, we'll talk about the Islanders in a yeah. second here, so let's not do that yet. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, his year has been awesome, even though 
you know his boxcar stats might not be blowing you away um what do you think of the uh of the vatnin trade um i thought it was an overrated forward for an overrated defenseman and it seemed pretty fair to me yeah. um, i'm not really high on adam Henrique. i think he most of his stats were inflated by ice time right um vatnin inflated by i guess the situation he's in and i don't think he vatnin was pretty good i think in his like first or second year and he's kind of tailed off since then right but i mean it's better than a lot of the other defensemen well i mean those out. minutes they'll be giving him like who they who who they would have been giving them otherwise like it's it's a pretty dramatic improvement even if you're skeptical of yeah yeah adam for larson sure. uh Simon batten and number one defenseman right like so um yeah we'll see how he goes in this pairing with green um the new york islanders um should we count those like 20 30 seconds we talked about <laughs> matt Al for for the um, four minutes here maybe um <laughs> okay well let's let's have the full the full matt Barzal conversation so good he's so good he's so good man he and and the thing that i love about watching him play is that he's hitting that level of uh top offensive player where he's super comfortable just holding on to the puck for an extra second Mm -hmm. like most guys especially when they start feeling the pressure from a from a defender quickly try to get rid of it and mm-hmm. not turn it over because they know they might result in them getting benched mm-hmm. and Barzal's just so comfortable like I think it was a game against the Ottawa Senators on Hockey Night in Canada maybe last week or two weeks ago where he set up a goal and he was just like he was just dancing around he like cycled by himself around the all, yeah, he was like zone. circling everyone and it's like stuff like that I mean just he just he's protecting the puck and he's just waiting for a passing it open or for you know two defenders to come on him and someone's wide open mm-hmm. and sure enough he set up an easy goal for a teammate and I mean, him and Eberly have been awesome together, and that whole line, even with Andrew Ladd, yep. is good now. Yeah, again. They've, they've they've revived Andrew Ladd. Um, um, yeah, that second line I think is around fifty five, fifty six. Corsi, they're leading the team, so not bad. Barzell like really just exploded last month. He had the seventh highest game score. Mm. So only good. ones above him was Gaudreau, McKinnon, Kucherov. St. Louis's entire first line, and that's it. <laughs> Just the entire first, first line. line. Those three people put together as one. Um, yeah. yeah, no, it's... And I want to give Nick Letty a bit of love here mm-hmm. because, uh, you know, I did the I did defense rankings with Andrew Berkshire recently, and we were doing, like, mostly, like, we did, like, the top 10 guys, and then we mentioned a few names after, and he's not in that tier, but mm-hmm. I got questions about him, and he's, he's an awesome player. Yeah. Um, and it's been good to see that uh i mean last year that pairing as a whole with him and and hamannick was just in a weird funk mm-hmm. and uh letty's been super productive this season so it that's been exciting seems see. clear who the problem was yeah especially based on what's happening in calgary right yeah now, right? um yeah i mean it's kind of here's my question for you mm-hmm. adam pellick may be a fine player yeah why have the islanders made such a weird priority to you look he comes up really good on my mall i don't even know what he does um but yeah he looks really good i'm just wondering it's just so weird because like they made like a big stink about protecting him in the mm-hmm. expansion draft and then they like sign him to this like, massive long-term deal obviously it suppressed the uh average mm-hmm. salary quite a bit but it was just like i was like what like, do i need to be doing more deep dives on adam Apparently, I, <laughs> like he shows up well here so i gotta I think- try to think of why <laughs> yeah i don't really understand it here i've never really looked at his numbers but i mean mm. maybe they're good um if i recall correctly i think preseason i was higher on the islanders than you 
Is that? I think that's yeah. Because I, I, yeah, I think I had yeah. them above the Rangers. <laughs> right, right, right. You did. And right. the Flyers as well. Mm. Yeah. Not. That, I mean, I wasn't down on the Islanders, mm-hmm. but you were, I think you were definitely more optimistic about them. And I guess I didn't account for the fact that Matt Barzal would come in and completely just change. Yeah. The entire optics of the situation. They're what do I have them projected for now. I think. I mean, you should have them projected pretty highly. Yeah. I got them with 99 points now, which mm. is a pretty good season. They're back to where we thought they would be three years ago. We thought they'd be like yep. the next big team, and then they fell flat on their face. Yeah, there was a lot of stopping and starting. Yeah. But now, after some trades with Edmonton, it looks like they're back on track. That's all it takes. Um, the other New York team. Mm hmm. Daily Faceoff lists David DeHarnay as their number one center right now. I just, I don't understand this team because... There's well, some weird stuff happening here. It's, it just, it's always weird. I mean, and obviously, because of Benajad being out right now, mm-hmm. um, throws a monkey wrench and things. Yeah. Um, but they have some weird players playing in weird spots in the lineup. Yeah, at least they finally have moved Pavel Buchnevich up. Yeah, because, I mean, I know a lot of... Rangers fans were screaming about that last year. Well, no, I even this year. I mean, the best mm-hmm. is like Twitter is such a, a divisive place where it's really hard. Even if you think something is super obvious and you say it, there's gonna be like some dissenting opinion on whatever it is, right? Like, there's yeah. always gonna be someone with a contrarian point of view. And I remember earlier in the year, I was like, "Man, next time Pavel Buchnevich plays fourth line minutes, I'm gonna personally strap Alain Vigneault to a rocket and <laughs> fire him into the sun." And I've never, I, my approval rating on that on that tweet was 100%. Like, there was literally not a single person that jumped to my mentions and disagreed. Everyone was like, yes, it's absolutely preposterous mm-hmm. how he's used. And he's been very productive and he's playing more. And that's good to see because he's super talented and this team desperately needs that. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, I mean, I also mentioned this in the, um, in the defense rankings. We were talking about Ryan McDonough. And it's been a bit disappointing that, like, they started the year with Shattenkirk and McDonough for, like, mm-hmm. a game and a half. And then they had that horrible game against the Leafs. Was it just a game and a half? It was a game and a half. I think it was the second game of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, McDonough and Shattenkirk were on the ice for a few goals against when they gave up, like, four goals and Lundqvist got pulled in Toronto. Mm-hmm. And they just, like, went away from it. And I don't think they've really revisited it. I mean, I feel like they should. I'm a Shattenkirk truther, but, I mean, maybe he doesn't have the foot speed to handle the minutes mcdonough does for some reason nick holden does i'm not gonna argue yeah yeah i was, I was gonna say like if that the first point might be true but mm-hmm. based on who else they're playing in those minutes i don't think that yeah. they're better replacements i mean maybe it's better to have split them up yeah. split them up because i mean shanker has been fine with shay i'm not i don't really know for sure i haven't looked too deeply but i mean Seems like an okay top four if McDonald's propping holding up weekend at Bernie style. Yeah. Yeah. No, so, so yeah, it looks like uh, over the full season, McDonough and Shannon Kruger played 40 minutes together. Mm-hmm. How, how did they go? The Rangers have had 55% of the shots. Uh-huh. And uh huh. But they've only had 38% of the goals. So I yeah. imagine, I, I think I can see why that experiment was pulled after 40 minutes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, they had a uh, a ninety five PDO in those forty minutes, so uh, I can see. I can see. I'm where shocked they, they were <laughs> taken apart. Then, um, is there anything else to say about this team? 
Um, Their fourth line is Paul Carey, Boo Nieves, and Jesper Fast. Great cool. name. Cool. Great name, Boo Nieves. I mean, do you think... Is Lundqvist back? I, I actually I don't do much Rangers research, apparently. They're not an athletic-covered team. Yeah, Subscribes gonna, to the athletic. Yeah, I was going to say. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm going to pull up his numbers right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, he's, he's 917 this year, which Seems. isn't obviously back to his prime, but better than last year yeah um seems reasonable they're playing him quite a bit he already has 23 starts um well i wouldn't get pavelectric considering yeah. their start i mean it's amazing because it feels like uh rangers backups have generally been pretty good regardless mm-hmm. um they want to really test that really when they're testing the theory of whether it was system based or whether it was <laughs> actual players um all right let's take another break here to hear from a sponsor and we will finish with the final six teams of the eastern conference on the other side for those of you that might have missed it last week, uh, the Hockey PDO cast is now partnered up with FanDuel, which is pretty exciting because they're going to be running a weekly uh, contest for us, uh, PDO cast listener league of sorts. It's going to run every Thursday evening for that night's slate of games. Uh, the contest is going to open the night before, so you're going to have 24 hours to sign up, get settled, pick your team, and, and get every, make sure everything's all lined up for you. Um, we ran it last week. It was the first time first go around and crit hit hobbit took the uh took the first place spot with chris russell as his highest scoring player and that was obviously the game against the leafs where he actually had a heck of a game and then ultimately scored on his own net and cost oilers the game and led to uh all the back and forths and and debates that have dominated the hockey world for basically the past week Uh, so that's always exciting and second place was c denny 99 who had mike smith in his revenge game at home against the arizona coyotes which is always a pretty good spot and he rewarded him with a shutout and gave him second place um so yeah we're gonna be doing this every thursday and i'm looking forward to seeing all of you guys there um well, i guess not all of you because there's only 25 spots available but uh the first 25 of you that sign up we're gonna have some fun with it each week so the rules are it's a two dollars buy-in uh you just sign up uh by going to fanduel.com slash pdo and we're gonna go from there and if you've never used fanduel before uh it's pretty simple honestly it is a daily fantasy site so you get to have the all the all the fun and all the perks of fantasy hockey uh when it comes to drafting and the competition and picking your team and seeing how you do as a uh, as a gm without any of the season-long commitment which is pretty cool um so yeah just go to fanduel.com uh click the join button and use the promo code pdo and as a new user uh, you also get entry into the nhl breakaway contest which will be giving away thousands of dollars in cash prizes guaranteed to pay out after you make your first deposit so just visit fanduel.com sign up with the promo code pdo and get started and with that let's get back to the show Okay, the Ottawa Senators. So this is what I want to talk about with them. I don't even want. I don't even want to talk about the team. Yeah. I don't even want to talk about their place in the standings or what we expect them from the rest of the year. I want to talk about Eric Carlson for a second here. Mm-hmm. So I've noticed that a big talking point, like this, always happens where something happens and then everyone just talks about it for like at least forty-eight hours or seventy-two hours or whatever, mm-hmm. and then we move on to the next thing when something happens, right? Yeah. And first, it was like the Chris Russell thing happened recently, and the Oilers have been generating a lot of that attention. But then, you know, Drew Doughty comes out and talks about his impending free agency, mm-hmm. or I guess to come in uh, next summer, and then Eric Carlson get at, gets asked about it. And he says something along the lines, I'm paraphrasing, but basically that he's not going to give Ottawa a hometown discount, that he's going to get what he's worth. Good. And I, I don't understand 
I'm not calling anyone out. I just don't understand how these are stories. I know. And, I... and I've, had it, um, I've had this discussion with various people in hockey, and they're raising legitimate concern about whether Ottawa is actually willing to foot the bill mm-hmm. on what Eric Carlson is worth. And that would be mind-blowing to me mm-hmm. if they let him walk. Uh, I can't imagine what this team would look like without Eric Carlson. I think they they might be one like the they'd be a bottom three team, no doubt. Especially since their goaltending situation is riding precariously on a thirty-seven-year-old. Mm. Um, yeah, I am very here for the max contract revolution. Um, I was a little disappointed that Connor mcdavid didn't go for the max deal because hey, man, he deserved he's a, it he's a good canadian boy who's trying to help his team win by taking a discount i just <laughs> i see the nba like it's different in the nba because the stars right deserve it because they have a bigger impact but right. i mean there's certain players where they they get the max there should be no question i think mcdavid's won carlson it's different because it's of the age thing, but I right. think like he definitely deserves it now. It just I guess he also depends. seems like he's gonna be the type of player that I mm-hmm. feel like will probably age pretty well. Yeah, he yeah for like sure. He, like he he like he plays a ton of minutes, mm-hmm. which is a bit concerning as he gets older. But the style he plays and sort of how just like how smart he is and and the puck moving mm-hmm. and he doesn't seem to take too many hits and he's also Swedish, so that affects things. Well, I mean, he's definitely gonna be beautiful for the there, rest there's, of his life. There's I'll there's something that. in the water over there they got. The longevity, <laughs> yes, but I mean, like I, I guess with ba- with a big player like this and the fact that they rarely ever become available, I guess that's why people are mm-hmm. sort of salivating at the idea. But it's just like I, how do you even, how do you even sell that to your fans? Like I feel like they would legitimately like you as a team. You have to do some pretty crazy stuff, yeah, to lose fans. Um, I think that would be a, a grounds for. Uh, Switching switching teams as a fan, if you were a fan of the Senators and they let Eric Carlson walk. Uh, we saw the Senator. they have a big arena, so that's obviously an issue. But we saw them struggle to sell out playoff games. If they trade Carlson, it'd be a franchise-altering moment. Mm. And, I mean, can they... Like, they... Ottawa isn't a very big market. If they tr- if they do something like this to piss off their entire fan base, I mean, like, how do you come back from that? I think there is no coming back from that. Um, okay, the Philadelphia Flyers. Mm-hmm. So how many they've lost at the time of recording right now? We're recording this on Monday. Mm-hmm. Um, what have they lost? Ten in a row? Ten in a row. Um, they have a 61% chance of making that 11 tonight. Mm. Um, that may be obsolete by the time you hear this, yes. but just, just so you know. Well, I'd, I'd say there's either a zero or a hundred percent chance of them continuing that based on. Uh, <laughs> and we'll, 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 how about we'll just we'll just probability edit this with tomorrow. Dimitri. We'll, we'll edit this version tomorrow morning, <laughs> where you say either zero or yeah, hundred. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, <laughs> that's why I wanted to get both those numbers in so mm-hmm. that I have the audio soundbite. Mm-hmm. I'd say zero percent chance. Zero percent chance. Zero percent chance. Um. Wow. Yeah. Whenever you lose that many games in a row. Uh, there's no shortage of things to point your finger at or, or to blame. Um, Here's where you don't point the finger, the top line, because the top line has been exceptional. Yeah, I was going to say that's, that's the one positive that the mm-hmm. big summer move they made was uh, switching Giroud off to the wing and bumping Couturier up, and mm-hmm. that's worked. Um, 
do you think that maybe they need to like that line has been amazing but I mean they might need to do something because without Couturier Wayne Simmons has really tanked yeah but I mean he's playing with I don't even I think he was well right now he's playing with Patrick and and Jordan Wheel yeah neither of those guys have been all that great this year no it's also weird like I wasn't very high on uh, I mentioned this in the Western Conference podcast I wasn't very high on Braden Shen in the past I feel like it felt like it was a lot like him just being in a great spot where he was just like the trigger man on the power play and Mm -hmm. he was getting a ton of his production that way and then (laughs) they trade him for Yori Lutero he goes to St. Louis now he's Riding shotgun with Schwartz and Tarasenko and killing it, and mm-hmm. he's like their top center. It's like what is? What? He's not even just their top center. And he's like is legitimately the slowest player in the league. You're I even no matter what you thought of Shen like before he got to St. Louis because I know a lot of like even I was skeptical of his ability. Right, getting Yori Lederer back was just a bad. Yeah, I think there was a pick, I think there was a pick involved as well. But yeah, there was uh, was there a person involved with that? There might have been. But even if that's like the player getting back, like yeah. St. Louis has so many interesting so many like, why forwards. Like Dmitry Yaskin or just like some like Get someone someone who isn't Lettera, who who was in the same spot Shen was and was a tire fire. Like he yeah. was so bad. Um, yeah, Shen has been amazing. I didn't see it coming. A lot of people in Flyers land didn't see it coming it's it's weird because he like he looks elite yeah it's a good metaphor for the for the uh for the flyer season that we spend most of the time in the flyer section just talking about how good Braden chen has been on the blue <laughs> um yes it's the simmons thing has been um both alarming and a bit disappointing and i wonder whether i mean the thing is he's one of those like kind of heart and soul guys who's a fan favorite mm-hmm. and i feel like it'd be tough to um pull the trigger on a move like this but you know he has a one year left on his deal and i feel like he's he like profiles as the type of guy that you could still get teams around the league to bite on because mm-hmm. you know, he's a big physical guy and he's good on the power play and all this stuff and i wonder if like for this flyers team it would make sense for them to cash in now while he still has value i mean he is, he is approaching 30 and that is, doesn't it, seem like the mm-hmm. type of physical yeah. profile that's going to age well it is tricky though because i feel like his value can recuperate a bit right right, right. like evander kane yeah um especially if he starts like school, just getting a bunch of power play goals put him with couturier yeah get that value up pump a bit. Dump. pump him up yeah yes um yeah it's weird it's i don't, I don't know the fires we could do like a 50 minute show on this like <laughs> there's, there's so like, many I like some things, of their yeah. players but it's like i mean obviously no no team should lose 10 games in a row but mm-hmm. like this team especially doesn't seem like it's a team that's should be doing that like they should be better i, I don't think they're that good i don't think the 10 game losing streak is evidence of that necessarily like it's just a result right. thing. it just happens yes it's Weird that happened to the Flyers, who won ten games in a row as recently as last season, have been a well, complete and, and, mess since. I think the weird thing, for the most part, too, is that their goaltending's actually been decent mm-hmm. during this losing streak last night. Like Elliot's been pretty good, especially at five on five. And you know, usually if a team loses that many games in a row, you'd expect like it was like the Coyotes the start of the year, where it's like they just can't buy a save, and that really hasn't been the case. They're a weird team. Flyers are a weird team. Uh, Pittsburgh Penguins. Mm-hmm. They're, you know, it's interesting. We did this yeah. based on uh, alphabetical order, <laughs> but the final four teams 
are the Penguins, Lightning, Leafs, and Capitals, which are like mm-hmm. the most, I guess, interesting or like the biggest names or you can make argument the best teams in, in the conference. So it's yeah, they're around we're, there. We're going yeah. in for a nice little, uh, nice little stretch run here. Mm-hmm. Um, the Penguins. They were struggling to start the year, but I think they're back. Um, Sean Tierney posts some charts every day, and he had a rolling differential uh, for five games. And you can basically see the Stanley Cup hangover mm. for the Penguins. There's just a rocket up, and now they're they're doing well. Um, I think we should talk about Phil Kessel. Phil the thrill. I mean, yeah, we are we are recording this podcast in Toronto, so we are. And uh, Phil Kessel has never looked better than he does now, probably. And he's had some really good stretches in this city. He's got some great stretches in Pittsburgh, but he's just on another level right now. Yeah. And we didn't even get those Phil's in the best shape of his life articles before the season either. Phil's always just in the same shape. <laughs> always in the best shape. Um, so I had a question I've been getting quite a bit on Twitter, and mm-hmm. I, I don't know if you want to answer this. Um, has Crosby been playing better lately, mm-hmm. or is it just has he just progress in positively in terms of because mm-hmm. at the start of the year especially like especially for his lofty standards he wasn't producing at the same rate mm-hmm. that we've come to expect and he's gone on a bit of a tear here yeah. recently uh i did write about this i think around 20 games in because mm-hmm. for crosby it wasn't just that things weren't going right for him he was just he was legitimately not playing very well and plus minus is terrible yeah but even if you strip away some of the garbage from it like just look at five on five goal differential over 20 games his previous worst was around like minus eight and he was like minus 16 at five on five right and there are a few like there are a few instances where it's not gonna be his fault but still at the same time if it piles up like that there's gonna be issues where it's telling some of the story yeah and I mean, his shot differentials weren't very good. He wasn't getting points to the same degree, and it was one of the like I went through game score twenty games at a time, and it yeah. was I think one of the worst stretches of his career. If you take out the Mike Johnson years, it was the worst stretch of his career. Right. But he's back now, as expected. That's always the tricky part of writing a a hit piece on Sidney Crosby. Yeah. You know he's gonna be back, and it's gonna be one of those things that's not gonna age well. <laughs> like, and I try to be as careful as possible with writing because I'm like, it's Sid. Yeah, he's gonna be fine. It's all it just, relative. It's it's just it's all relative. And he was good. He was just not Sidney Crosby good. Uh, what I will so okay, he has 16 points in his last nine games, mm-hmm. which and now he's back over a point a game for the season as a whole. I will say three of those games were against the Sabres. Yeah. And they were all multi-point games for him. Mm-hmm. Um, so you need to factor that into account. But yeah, I mean, listen, regardless of who they're playing, um, you can only play the, the teams that are in front of you, and, and they're doing well. Um, okay, one final thing on the Penguins here. Um, let's, let's, let's fantasy book here a little bit. What If you were running the Penguins... Um, and then heading here into the middle of the season and, and, the, and the trade deadline. Mm-hmm. Like, it seems pretty clear they're the type of team that's probably going to try to make some moves on the peripheries. They're not mm-hmm. going to bring in a star, but, you know, especially someone for the third line, for example. Is there a name that you think would be a very interesting fit on this team? A name? I don't even know who's available. <laughs> mm. um, I, need like, I need, like, multiple choice options. You got anything for me? Well, like, what do you... So- what do you think this team needs? They need a third line center who's not Riley Shayan. Yes, that would be um, ideal. Yeah. Um, All right. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna think about this while we keep 
mm-hmm. going on and talking about some of the other teams, and I'll provide some options for you okay. to, to pick from. Um, let's talk about the Tampa Bay Lightning. Here, I'll give you four minutes to wax poetic about their top line mm-hmm. while I uh, do some of this research. Okay, uh, you want me to talk four minutes by myself? You know how difficult that is for me. Well, I'm not a I'm not a chatty person, um, but I mean. That that Kucherov, Stamkos, Nemesnikov combination, uh, as sirens blare in the background, um, <laughs> gives you plenty to talk about. You are correct. Um, Nikita Kucherov is. I mean, we we're just talking about Cindy Crosby. I'm gonna throw a hot take out there: is that something has happened in Toronto? Yeah, um, go for it. Give me a hot take. Hot take. Um, I did tweet this recently, but I feel like Stam or Nikita Kucherov is a top two player behind mcdavid and he's just been that good not just this year but last year Mm -hmm. um he had a run comparable to Sidney crosby's unreal 2010 11 season yeah we had like 66 points in 41 games and kucherov had that same amount going from last year to this year and just the way him and stankos have played they've been a wrecking ball and obviously there's some shooting percentage stuff going on there but i mean kucherov is still just such an unreal talent and it's just amazing it took this long to get him and sam close together because i remember when they made the cup final Mm -hmm. uh i was following a lot of tampa bay people and they were saying get kucherov and sam together like just makes sense and it here it is playing out on paper and they Stamkos looks like he's playing the best hockey of his career as well um they look so good that they've temporarily switched those lines I think last game they had Johnson in Kucherov spot to get Johnson going and he did get going because everything Lightning do this year has just gone pretty well even Dan Girardi has a career resurrection yeah what's 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 going on there I think it's just a matter of going from tougher minutes probably and the rangers system which we probably don't fully understand to some softer minutes in tampa bay plus some better support up front maybe as well Mm. but it's still weird yeah tampa bay did say they had analytics that suggested dan girardi would be fine and apparently they had some to it i don't know what they were looking at but yeah i mean i'm I'm all for uh accepting new data points and, mm-hmm. and looking for explanations um i apologize if i need a, a bit larger sample here to, yeah. to buy into uh dan is actually useful i mean the other thing is think about it this way like i feel like a lot of the criticism for his time towards the end there in new york was the fact that he was being relied upon to play mm-hmm. so much and yeah. it's like if he's if he's playing as like a third regular third pairing guy it's mm-hmm. like all right, even if he's struggling, it's it's tough to take too much issue with it. It was mostly when he was like playing top, yeah. top pairing minutes with Ryan McDonough. That was the problem. That, yeah, anytime you have a guy that high up, you just the first step is try them out lower and see how that works. And it's working okay for Tampa Bay. Um, their forwards are just so deep where they just trade Jonathan Drew away and it, just, it doesn't even matter because yeah. they have Yanni Gord. Yes. They've got... Johnson, Klor, and Palat, Nemestikov, Point, Stamkos, Kucherov, others who don't others matter as much. much. Yeah. But those eight are just so stellar this year. They, they're they the team to beat for me, I think. Yeah, I think so too. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I get asked this a lot, especially when you like hang out with um, 
like if you're like a dinner party or you're out for drinks with people who aren't mm-hmm. who are just like casual hockey fans or whatever and they're like oh you're a hockey guy like who's gonna be in the final this year huh and mm-hmm. it's like well i think tampa bay is the best team mm-hmm. in the east yeah in the west i don't know roll some roll some dice oh, no Jets. way Jets. <laughs> uh, that'd be a, that'd be a very fun that would series. be that would be, be such a, a fun final that. it'd yeah. be probably bad ratings wise unless you know the nhl actually did some star marketing yeah because there's some very exciting players between the two teams but you know they don't do that yeah they haven't given us a lot of reason to believe that would suddenly happen they have the all-star game in tampa bay this year and the the image they have to get people to vote for the captains had no tampa bay players Mm. which is not even the second best player in the league not even kucherov not even sam coast both of them one and two in scoring not on the all-star poster yeah yeah, I'd be able to, that, that's that's too obvious. To too obvious, that. right? Yeah. Um, okay, the, the Leafs. The Leafs. Um, where 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 do we start with this one? Um, I feel like you know, you know you're the right person to talk to. You do a lot of the uh, the grades for Leafs games. After mm-hmm. all, them you're following following them pretty closely. Um, let's start with Matt Martin, mm. who's been much better this year is he yeah is, is matt martin actually good matt martin is actually not terrible which mm-hmm. is the growing consensus last year but he has been he's been what i'm sure they expected when they gave him that contract the contract is still not good because right. they have so many wingers in the system and because it's that much money on the fourth line but assuming he's got intangible upside that we will never understand in the room plus he's actually playing well on the ice this year i think he's been a big surprise um but once you have those guys going up there's always the guys going down i just feel like leo komarov has been a weird player this year where his line has struggled they play the tough minutes obviously but he just hasn't contributed very well to that and I mean, those are the two contentious players on the Leafs. Everyone else is just an offensive superstar. I mean, mm. other than Dominic Moore. But, like, everyone just has their scoring upside. Um, Matthews is entrenching himself among the best players in the league. Yep. Um, Marner is getting back up to speed. Kadri is a legit... Like a, a legit second line center on a contending team, like because yeah. usually those guys are first line centers, right? And that's where I'd probably have Kadri, and he's just been really good the last couple of years since Babcock came along. Um, Here, okay, here's my question for you then: mm-hmm. Why haven't the Leafs traded for Ekman Larson yet? Who would you trade for Ekman Larson? I think you know my answer. Who would you trade for Ekman Larson? Oh, it pains me to say this because I'm a huge fan of him. Don't do it. But I think it's got to be William Nylander. And listen, I, this isn't this isn't one of those things where I, like this isn't like Jeff O'Neill going on the radio mm-hmm. and talking about how William Nylander is actually not that good or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're trading him for a player of Ekman Larson's caliber, it's it's one mm-hmm. of those things where like I know I know fans always love to fantasy book these trades where it's like some com- poo-poo platter combination of yeah. like two guys that don't matter and a third round pick for someone else's star. Mm-hmm. But realistically speaking here, you're probably going to need to give up a premium asset to get Ekman Larson. It, yeah. Um, Value-wise, it definitely makes sense. Right. Um, they're... Especially with Nylander about mm-hmm. to 
make more money than you currently is. Yeah. Value-wise, it makes sense. Um, the age discrepancy is what would bother me because Nylander is 21 years old, yes. I think. And no, well, Ackman Larson isn't an old man. He's not an old man, but I mean... 26. Yeah, I would. St- I still wouldn't be comfortable with that five-year jump. Right. But don't um, you think this team... I do think this team the needs... The next couple of years is its sweet spot here? It is, but at the same time... We saw what happened in Edmonton with them exiting talent. They, this would right. obviously be different because right. they'd get something fair. You're getting an fair. actual player back, yes. Um, but it's still a guy... Like I feel like Marner, Nylander, Matthews is the core you got to yeah. build around given their age. And right. I think there's a different avenue to get defense. And they can... I understand the balance issue, but I think they can change hockey in a way where they have the most lethal offense in the league and that should be enough to right. get what they need. Yeah. No, I mean I'm I'm with you. Like I generally my my team building philosophy is just acquire as much talent as you can and mm-hmm. let everything else work itself out after. Like I hate when teams go way too aggressively trading and and drafting and signing guys for just needs because you never know what like as soon as you fill one of those needs all mm-hmm. of a sudden something else opens up and then you're like playing this game where you're constantly chasing something and mm-hmm. that's a tricky spot to be in but it you know we're not breaking any news here but it does seem like just based on the composition of this team that's like it's definitely what one impact need. defenseman would mm-hmm. make this all of a sudden a far more fascinating team in terms of cup contention mm-hmm. the big thing they needed was a number one defenseman and i think and then they got ron hainsey and i think they're there i know I, I think morgan riley has elevated his game to be yes. at that level okay. this season um it wouldn't hurt to get someone someone else to i guess boost him up but i mean the d as it is right now is fine it's not obviously top 10 but i feel mm. like the strength of forwards offsets that yeah that's fair um the washington capitals the last team on our list here mm-hmm. um they're an interesting team. They're a tricky team because, you know, it's pretty clear that they're a shell of what they were mm-hmm. last year in particular, just based on it's very tough to give away as much depth as they did in the summer yeah. and still, you know, remain uh, firing on all cylinders like that. Yeah. But then you watch this team and what stands out to me, um, it was particularly when they were playing the Leafs in Hockey in Canada when Ovechkin had his hat trick last week, I believe. Um like the top end of this team is still mm-hmm. so dynamic and so dominant offensively mm-hmm. sometimes that while they're not what they were before and they actually have like red flags on this roster now, it's sometimes there's going to be nights and stretches where their top guys are good enough to mm-hmm. kind of deem that irrelevant. Yeah, they, they're a very top heavy team. They've got three very good defensemen four very good forwards and then the rest is just a bunch of question marks they also have a very good goalie (laughs) uh, one of the best goalies in the league right right? so like that should be enough to get them in playoffs maybe possibly make some noise but the bottom of the roster needs to be shored up a lot or someone needs to step up they're also playing without andre burakovsky right now and that's a big hole to lose especially since he's one of those top end guys um you also hope that jacob vrana will get into that group as well and he's been really good i was actually at the toronto washington game yep. and i saw Vrana in person and i mean 
I saw Zaitsev get absolutely run over by someone going fast. I'm like, oh, there's Zaitsev again. Yeah. And then I saw it was Jacob Brandon. I'm like, never mind. Yeah. Probably would have been the same with any other defenseman. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's definitely, I mean, he's got a tantalizing uh, combination of skills. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It'd be so, <laughs> it'd be so funny if like this was the year, like everyone's kind of off the capital scent in terms of like, mm-hmm picking them to be their cup favorite and stuff mm-hmm. this is finally the year they do it when everyone's <laughs> kind of given up on it i mean like it's tough because and the metro division is such a slog but then i don't know they're still they're like they're one of the teams that's mm-hmm. at least giving themselves a chance to yeah. be there when it matters most yeah the big thing about what the caps because they all they had to replace people and they did that in free agency and i i'm not really confident with the guys they targeted like alex chice and Devonte smith pelly they're like yeah i feel like there are better options available right. to fill out the bottom portion of the roster and we're seeing why these things matter like it's always like oh it's just the fourth line it's just yeah. the third pair but like these things like it adds up over well, time well that's the thing when whenever a team signs their superstar to a big contract mm-hmm. and then it's like can you win when a player is making this much money and it's like yeah assuming you make smart other smart moves yeah like the the problem is never that the superstars are making too much money mm-hmm. it's that you're paying guy other guys who aren't yeah good <laughs> yeah. that's the problem that is that was definitely it yes um all right let's uh let's get out of here all right i feel like we uh we covered everything we needed to mm-hmm. um plug some stuff where can uh people find you what are you working on what can they expect all that good stuff uh you can find me at the athletic writing about various teams um this week i will probably be out by the time this is over but i'm doing a piece on how teams and players are trending over the last month so two teams and two players that are hot two that are cold and then i also have in that piece a bunch of charts highlighting how players have changed by my model so which players have gotten better or worse um for the month and i always i think that's a pretty interesting way to look at things you see like you see if you go to the islanders chart you see matt barzell looked like a average second line center yep. last month and then there's just this big blue bar of how much he's added in value and it's, it's also because rookies are difficult to project as well yeah and when he explodes like that it's just like Mom's like, what do I do with this information? <laughs> Especially since he's so young, so it gets age adjusted as well. Right. Um, and then tomorrow Wednesday I'll have a fan power rankings piece, so can't yell at me because these are your rankings yes. um, based on an algorithm. And then later this week I'll have something on New Jersey Devils defenseman Steve Santini. Wow. Now if that doesn't get you excited, I just don't it know. It should. It's an exciting piece about quality of competition and Steve Santini. Awesome. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, Dom, thanks again for, uh, for coming on a chat and taking the time, and we'll, uh, we'll get you back on sometime down the road. Thanks for having me. The Hockey PDO Cast with Dmitry Filipovich. Follow on Twitter at Dim Filipovich and on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash hockey PDO Cast. Mm-hmm.